You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio, and it's time. Training camp has started. It is August 1st, Monday, and we had our first padded practice today. Chris had a really heavy run emphasis to this specific practice. I'm psyched up that training camp has rolled around, and we've got a lot to get into, but first, how you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm doing well. How you doing? You, I understand you moved recently. I did. I moved across the valley. I'm all set up now. I've got a nice little studio and I'm ready to rock and roll. Hopefully we can get some YouTube going and we'll get that up on the channel whenever Ed really kind of forces our hand there. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you at least give yourself the uh, traditional payment for moving, which is, you know, pizza and beer? No, I did not. No, you know ah. me, Chris. I, I I don't indulge in, in beer. I love whiskey. I'm a whiskey guy. So yes, I've had whiskey and I did not eat pizza. I'm not going to eat Arizona pizza. I've tried it once. It was not great. I'll reserve that when I fly back to Jersey. But Chris, let's dive into training camp. Some of the big narratives, some of the players that are sticking out. I think we should probably start with the secondary here because it's one of the bigger concerns we have heading into the season is Wink Martindale's defense with this New York Giants secondary that just lost James Bradbury. And you have a Dory Jackson jump into the number one spot. You draft Cordell Flott in the third round and everyone thinks, hey, Cordell Flott's going to take over for the guy who was here last year who injured his ribs and has kind of had an up and down time here in New York since he was a fourth round pick by Dave Gettleman back in 2020. And that's Darnay Holmes. But Darnay Holmes has three interceptions in, I think it was three practices. Now it's been more and he's been everywhere, had a pick six against Daniel Jones and he's been playing really well. Now he's also given up some catches as well. And I love the fact that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka adjusted their offense to bait Darnay Holmes, who was getting pretty aggressive in that middle hook part of the field. And they scored a touchdown to Wandell Robinson on a little stick and nod route. I love to see that. But what are your overall thoughts on what we're seeing from Darnay Holmes and what he can offer this 2022 Giants team? Yeah, I I think it's great. I think this is the kind of thing we needed to see from Darnay Holmes. We were both, and I think rightfully concerned about the depth in the Giants secondary. Yeah, the the starters, Adore Jackson, Aaron Robinson, you know, we we felt pretty good about them in their current roles, but we weren't really sure about what we were going to see out of the slot and this team or this secondary, I should say, it doesn't have a whole lot of depth to it, at least on paper. And I think we both were pretty consistent in saying Guys needed to step up. There were going to be chances to step up, but they needed to take advantage of those opportunities and show that this secondary was better than it might have appeared on paper just because of how much Wink Martindale relies on good, tight, reliable coverage so he can scheme up those exotic blitzes that he was really known for in Baltimore. And... 
if you can get a Darnay Holmes stepping up and being aggressive and being a, aggressive in a smart way and coming up with these takeaways and turnovers, defensive touchdowns, that's really what this defense needs. Absolutely. And if he can get better at the top of breaks, it's something he's mentioned. It's something that he wanted to put focus on during this offseason was how to handle these wide receivers out of their breaks at the top of their route. And we saw him kind of struggle with that a little bit against Richie James. And again, this is training camp. We're not overreacting here, but Richie James really hit him with a great outside jab foot off an outside release at the top of the break and then broke inside and Darnay Holmes almost fell over. So it hasn't been all roses but we know one of the main priorities for defense is forcing turnovers and daniel jones he's not tom brady he's not aaron Rodgers, but still coming up with these interceptions in practice does mean something and i'm hoping darnay holmes can translate that week one against tennessee yes absolutely and he also had a forced fumble which i believe resulted in a scoop and score against saquon barkley so having a slot corner who is not afraid to get in there and mix it up with a running back. Now, Barkley isn't the most physical. He's not Derrick Henry out there, but he is still a big, strong, powerful dude. And Darnay Holmes not being afraid to get in there, punch the ball loose, attack the ball, and create opportunities for his teammates is very good as well because you do need your secondary players, your cornerbacks and safeties to come up and play the run. And it's odd, too, because that was in Saturday's practice before there was full contact. So Darnay must have just really peanut tillmaned his way into Saquon Barkley's grass to force that fumble. And, of course, Julian Love, who I always feel like is around the football, scooped it up for a touchdown, like you said. But I think we should also stick to the safety position and go over some of the updates there. Dane Belton, somebody who I believe had an interception against Daniel Jones in Saturday's practice on a deep post route where he came off the horizontal cross, sunk underneath the deep post and intercepted. Jones he was in a sling to open Monday's practice on August 1st I don't know the extent of that injury but it's something we definitely should acknowledge because I believe Dane Belton will have a role on this team if he's healthy for week one and he has a relatively healthy training camp despite what we're seeing right now but what does this mean for Andrew Adams and Yusef Corker and Trenton Thompson and some of these back-end roster guys because Chris I know you understand this Wink Martindale is going to use a lot of safeties oh yeah he already has been using a lot of safeties From what I understand, he's been playing a ton of dime packages with three safeties and three corners out there, which when we went over the Giants linebacker depth chart, it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. So we were both kind of expecting to see a lot of three safety looks, a lot of nickel looks, a lot of dime looks to supplement the speed at the second level. And Belton was really the first man up to play that role as the kind of as that buffalo nickel the third safety on the field he can play kind of anywhere really and this does create an opportunity for the returning andrew adams who yeah i think giants fans will remember undrafted free agent out of connecticut was really forced into a starting role because of an injury to darian thompson his rookie year and played a pretty big role in that 2016 Giants defense that kind of carried this team to the playoffs for their only playoff appearance since 2011. Yeah, Landon Collins rightfully got all of the attention in the secondary that year, or at least of the two safeties. 
But Andrew Adams, he even though he was a rookie, he played really well. But then both he and Darian Thompson wind up getting cut in 2018. He kind of bounces around the league, goes to Tampa Bay, and now he is back. And I think having a veteran, a guy who knows New York, who has played in Todd Bowles' defense, which not the same as Wink Martindale's, but Todd Bowles does love him some blitzes too. So having a guy with that experience right there, handy. Yeah, I I don't want to say that uh, Joe Shane envisioned Dane Belton getting hurt, but this was certainly a fortuitous signing. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It was a fortuitous signing, and Adams is a smart player. Todd Bowles runs a lot of palms type of coverage, safety to read coverages where you have to kind of read the release of either the number two or the number three receiver, depending on if it's two by two or three by one, and then react and attack kind of as like a zone type of coverage that turns into man coverage, sort of like a pattern match if we're going to go back to the James Betcher terminology that is thrown around a lot. And you need to be a quick processor to do that. And Andrew Adams has that within his skill set, and I really think him, Julian Love, and Xavier McKinney, if Dane Belton is out for an extended period of time, makes a pretty solid safety group. And I think they would all earn a decent amount of snaps. I think Xavier McKinney, though, who was wearing the green dot, who was talking with Eric Weddle, he's going to be the player that might play every single defensive snap if he's healthy. We saw that last year with Chuck Clark for the Baltimore Ravens. He was the only player to play that many snaps. And I think Xavier McKinney is going to do that this season. Wink Martindale's captain of the defense. Yeah, and I, I actually kind of love that Xavier McKinney and not one of the linebackers is wearing that green dot, that he is the one taking the defensive play calls and getting everybody in front of him lined up. We know McKinney is a smart guy. You don't get the role that he had in Nick Saban's defense and not be a smart player and a player who can communicate well. Having McKinney out there and having him be the communicator. Yeah. He is definitely going to be playing as many snaps as he possibly can. And I think we, we can be pretty sure he's going to be moving all over the defense and yeah, having, having McKinney out there, we saw what he did last year. Now, I don't know that he's going to replicate those stats he had last year, but if he can build on the step he took forward and really be, an eraser of a safety. Yeah. I, 
Martindale having the confidence in him to give him that green dot, give him the microphone in his first year in this defense as a third-year player, that's really impressive, and it, it speaks volumes of McKinney and what he can do for this defense. Absolutely. He's going to wear a lot of hats, man. going to execute a lot of roles. You're going to see him in the box. You're going to see him over tight ends. You're going to see him in the slot sometimes. You're going to see him blitzing. You're going to see him everywhere. See him in the post, deep half when they want to align in two high type of defenses. So I'm excited to see how Martindale wants to leverage this kid's skill set because the sky's the limit for Xavier McKinney as far as I'm concerned. But to transition to the other side of the football for a second here, Chris, the wide receivers. And I want to start with one wide receiver in particular. It's somebody who we really appreciated when the Giants selected him out of Auburn, and that's Darius Slayton. But it seems like early in camp, he's struggling with those drops. Like we saw the last two seasons, Slayton has just struggled with drops, has been one of the most inefficient wide receivers in the National Football League. And we said he needs a really good camp to stick here because the Giants can save some cash. They can save like $2.5 million, I believe, if they release Darius Slayton, who is in the last year of his deal. And you look at guys like Richie James, who are having a great camp right now. Darius Slayton doesn't offer anything on special teams. Richie James does. What do you think is going to happen with Darius Slayton? And do you want to see him step up right here, man? Because like it's it's kind of wild. I think if you know Galladay gets hurt, it's great to have Slayton waiting in the wings. But since he doesn't offer special teams value, I just don't know if his roster spot is going to be there for Final 53 if he doesn't stop dropping the damn football. Yeah, exactly. I I do want to see Darius Slayton step up because I don't know that any of the Giants receivers, and that includes Kadarius Toney, have the kind of just raw explosiveness that Darius Slayton has. Yeah, having a guy who has good size, yeah, he's not ginormous, you know, he's not Plaxico Burris size, but he's got good length, he's got good size, and he can immediately step on the gas and stress defenses vertically in a way that they have to respect as long as he can catch the ball reliably and having that vertical threat allows the team to do so much in the intermediate and underneath areas of the field if you can force a safety to roll over to Darius Slayton's side of the field and bracket him or just straight up double double cover him, you know, high low. That gives you so much more room to work with crossing routes or you know, various route combinations underneath with Kadarius Tony, with Wandale Robinson, or even with Kenny Galladay. Not having that, you know, not having that element does hurt the offense. However, if he can't catch the ball his cap space is just more valuable than he is on the roster. And that's just, I don't like saying it, but that is cold, you know, cold, honest, practical truth where having Richie James and his special teams upside, in addition to playing well at receiver, plus the two and a half million dollars in cap space is just more valuable than a fast guy who can't catch. Think about this, man. Just think pragmatically if you're Joe Shane and the Giants start suffering these little injuries here and there, they're going to have to sign veterans. And if you have to release a player who is only offering 
one skill set. He doesn't offer that special teams upside. And he's going to be, what, your fourth, your fifth receiver? It just makes sense to to release Darius Slayton if he's not showing up and seizing the day in camp. It's unfortunate, but there's a lot of there's going to be some tough decisions here. And he and he might ultimately end up being one of those tough decisions. But on the bright side of the wide receiver room, yeah, you have Kenny Galladay. He's struggling with some drops. Kenny Galladay's not getting cut, though. If you look at some of these other wide receivers right now, Chris, Wandell Robinson and Kadarius Tony, everyone on the beat and everyone that's there is just kind of raving about their playmaking ability. We saw the contested catch Kadarius Tony made over Aaron Robinson. Great coverage by Aaron Robinson, mind you. But Wandell is everywhere. And the Richie James, he's another player, another wide receiver who is getting a lot of hype being used all over the formations, man. So these young players right here on the Giants are really kind of stepping up early on in training camp. And mind you, it is training camp. Yeah, absolutely. It, I think it is interesting the way we the way we are seeing Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson being used. Yeah, it, it kind of stood out that the Giants made the decision to double up on that particular skill set. And I would say even Richie James kind of has that similar skill set. You know, is an undersized receiver. He's five foot nine. I don't think he's much more than 190 pounds, you know, if he is even that big. And having these guys who can create in space that does offer some interesting options and opportunities for the offense that you know, maybe loading up on the bigger receivers that everybody kind of gravitates towards during the draft process and in free agency. You know, we saw, we have seen Tony and Robinson both lining up as running backs in practice. We've seen Kadarius Tony line up as a wildcat quarterback. And even today, uh, Monday, first day of padded practices, they had Tony line up as a wildcat, and then they shifted to a standard, more standard alignment, and it resulted in a big run for Saquon Barkley because the defense was just completely out of place. So having these guys with these really versatile skill sets who had never really been wide receivers in their college careers... I think that's a really good way to get you to get the most out of them. Yeah. Kadarius Tony was a gadget player for three years at Florida and was still kind of a gadget player his senior year. Wandale Robinson was a running back right up until his final season. Even then he got schemed a lot of uh, shovel passes or, you know, quick passes in the flat, that sort of thing where it was really more of an extended handoff than a slant or a post route or you know the kind of routes we're used to seeing wide receivers run. So I think it's really great that the Giants are playing to these guys' strengths and using them to get the ball out quickly and in space so they can use their athleticism to pick up yardage and keep the offense moving forward, which is something it hasn't done a whole lot recently. Yeah, Wondell Robinson was a running back a lot at Nebraska. Now he was just kind of a Swiss Army knife. And I expect Brian Dable to leverage that here in New York, as you said, and a transition off the wide receivers a little bit and to head on over to the offensive line. This center position is a little bit problematic, I would say. We have John Feliciano who missed a practice because he 
I think it was just like, you know, a fatigue type of situation. It wasn't a serious injury. But then you start shuffling in Jamil Douglas at center. You start shuffling in Shane Lemieux at center. You, you, you use Josh Azudu at left guard, which we'd like to see. But it does not seem like the Giants are overly confident in this center position without John Feliciano. And to be honest, Chris, I'm not even very confident in John Feliciano's ability to consistently play center. Everybody on this roster, outside of Nick Gates, who's obviously not ready to play, and even Nick Gates, they they, they haven't been centers for a long time, Chris. Like there, there's a little bit of a I'm a little bit nervous about that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and this is just something from a kind of philosophic point of view that I I don't know why the NFL in general and the Giants in particular kind of insist on not investing in the center position. Yeah, other than the quarterback, the center is the only guy who touches the ball every single play. Yeah, th- If the football is the church money, don't you want somebody you can be absolutely sure is going to take care of it, not skip a snap off the ground and force your quarterback to scramble back 20 yards to fall on it just to prevent a turnover or you know, a guy who's going to do an under center snap and accidentally hit his own butt and fumble the ball. You know, we, yeah, it's just kind of confusing to me. Now, granted, Joe Shane didn't have a ton of resources available to him outside of the draft. He, as we know, had to make a lot of tough decisions to even get under the salary cap and then make more decisions just to be able to sign his rookie class. So he couldn't go out and shop at the top of the market for centers, but man, the the center position is tough when you have to deal with nose tackles that are six inches off of you and you have to be able to snap the ball cleanly, cleanly, get your hands up, anchor down against that bull rush or know exactly where to give the double team to help out your guards to release up to the second level and just execute in a way that isn't going to cost your team yardage with a flag or penalty. Just for me, it's a position where I I'd love to see the team stop shopping in the bargain basement. Hopefully Feliciano will a get back on the field sooner rather than later and b grow into the role with consistent reps. That's all we're looking for right now. And it just does not seem like the Giants are that confident in that center position at the moment. And, you know, this is the time you figure that out. You figure that out in training camp, then figure out who your best five are. So you're going to see Jamil Douglas and Shane Lemieux, and and they're going to try to pair Shane Lemieux with Josh Azudu to see what that looks like. And I there were a couple of reps I saw of Josh Azudu from today's practice that I love. That kid has great grip strength. There was this one rep against David Moa. And yeah, it's David Moa, but still where he – Zudu shot his hands inside and just pulled Moa to his face mask. And Moa just had no room to maneuver. You just love to see that. I think the sky's the limit also for Josh Zudu. Hopefully he can find his way onto the football field. Eventually. I think he could be a really good guard in the national football league, but you look at this offensive line, man. And I think the ideal offensive line, Chris has two rookies on it. And then John Feliciano, who I'm not overly confident in right now at center, I think a lot of you know Giant fans and, and the narrative around the Giants offensive line is going to be much improved. I think it will certainly be much improved because you can't get a lot lower than what we saw last season for the New York Giants offensive line unit. But how much more improved can it get? 
you know, I think the offensive line can get better. Having a reliable right guard, a veteran right guard, having a high upside rookie right tackle, having Andrew Thomas continuing to take steps forward, take strides forward, all of that helps. Josh Azudu, I think he can be a good player. I'm not honestly sure at this point where he starts because I am wondering, just based on his frame, if he could maybe even cross-train inside to center. And if John Feliciano, if his, yeah, whatever is keeping him off the field persists, maybe Zudu could be that center. He's six foot four, 308. So that is maybe a little bit tall for a center, but we do know he's got borderline tackle feet and you do need to be agile as a center, especially if the team is going to be running a lot of zone looks and zone blocking schemes. Also kind of like last year, I am concerned about the depth with this team. I don't know if Shane Lemieux winds up starting at left guard and then kind of take Zudu takes over as the season progresses. But yeah, I'm not sure how comfortable I am relying on Shane Lemieux. And with John Feliciano, he hasn't played a ton of center. And like I was saying before, I'm not sure how comfortable and secure I feel with a guy who hasn't played a ton of center overall and hasn't played a lot of center lately out there being maybe the guy who touches the football the most out of this entire team. Yeah, Chris, I uh, have some breaking news here, which is really unfortunate due to Dane Belton actually has a broken collarbone per Jordan Ron on a BSPN. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about Andrew Adams before. It looks like that signing is going to be even more important right now. And an opportunity just opened up for Adams, for Yusef Corker, and for Trenton Thompson. We just brought them up, you know, like 10 minutes ago. But this is really unfortunate for the Giants and Dane Belton. Hopefully he can get healthy quick and find his way back onto the field eventually. Yeah, yeah. hopefully he he's going to have to miss time. I would be surprised if he is only takes four weeks to come back Uh we don't know the severity of the break, if it's a you know, a bad break or just maybe like a little crack, you know, if he needs surgery or anything like that, we'll find that out. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll probably know more by the time this podcast drops. But yeah, I feel terrible for the rookie. And could the Giants just please once get through training camp healthy, pretty please? Uh, apparently that's too much to ask. It's just too much to ask, but I mean, it's a physical sport. We know this and it's just a part of the game, unfortunately. But Chris, before we get out of here, I think we'd be remiss just to, if we didn't acknowledge the offensive struggles that we've seen. Now, I think it's important to keep it in context that the Giants have run third and long, third down, third and goal situations where Wink Martindale has been dialing up the blitz. So we're going to see offensive struggles, and this is a new system. Brian Dable acknowledged, hey, I have to realize that this is year one and not year five. We're not in Buffalo. We're with the Giants now, so there's going to be a little bit of a transitional period for the offense to adapt to Brian Dable's system. But either way, it seems like the offense is struggling pretty mightily early on in camp. Do you have any takeaways from that? 
you know, I think we'd love to see the offense come in and just light things up. There are a a lot of moving parts right now. We've got a, again, completely rebuilt offensive line. We've got a new offensive system where two guys who don't really have a whole lot of history together are trying to come up with a new system, a fresh system, and they're kind of feeling each other out. I do wonder, you know, we've seen, or at least, you know, from the people on the ground in practice, we have heard of miscommunications, uh, yeah, maybe a little hesitancy on the offensive side of the ball. I do wonder, especially considering what you just relayed from Brian Dayball, if they are throwing a lot at these guys early to see what they do, what they can handle, how much they can handle, what they execute well, and then maybe they'll pair it back as we go along in camp, get to the preseason, and then early in the season so the offense can get traction. Yeah, you know, right now I think the offense struggling is. I'm not going to say I'm not concerned. I think we have seen the Giants' offense play poorly enough for long enough, where you can't not be concerned about them playing poorly. But I also don't think it's time to panic about this offense either. Yeah, they've got a lot of time to get better. They've got a lot of time left to figure out what they do well and really drill down and hone those things and use that as the foundation going forward. Yeah, let's just hope that it kind of comes out that this Giants team and this offense can really stabilize here. I'm not going to panic either, but we need to start seeing maybe better play. But again, early on in training camp, Chris, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, you know, just one last thought about the offense and in the context of what we've seen from the defense, it would be, I suppose, a nice consolation prize. Like we both know you, you have to win on offense to win consistently in the NFL, but for all the excitement over Brian, bringing in Brian Dayball as the head coach, having Mike Kafka from Andy Reid and the Kansas city chiefs come in as your offensive coordinator it would be a nice consolation prize if the Giants defense wound up being just a rabid force that was disruptive and the kind of defense Giants fans just love to see. So even if the offense isn't great this year, it would still be nice if our concerns about the defense and the secondary were just completely moot and they go out there and tear it up. That would be great. And Please check out the website, Big Blue View, and check us out right here on the podcast, wherever you digest podcasts, Big Blue View Radio, to find out if the Giants offense can get better. Please, everybody, have a good one. Take care of each other. We got boots on the deck at training camp, and we're excited to give you extensive coverage of the New York Giants training camp. Take care, be kind to each other, and we'll talk to you soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.